three. Well, hi guys, welcome to the List Podcast. Here with our guest Rich, who does a multiple plethora of sports. I'll let him explain it all, or else I might get choked out if I get the wrong ones done. Here I have my co-host T. What's going on, people? And yeah, hi Rich. Hi guys. Hi. Nice to have you down. Oh, thanks for having us up. <laughs> hey. Classic. Yeah, I actually, I actually had a great joke when I was at uni. I said everything's up north from London, and people looked at me weirdly. Or was like, "Well, everything's up north from London. Every like every outskirt boundary of London, like city or town, of London is up north." It's like, "What about like Exeter up north? Why? It's not, if it's not in London, it's up north." <laughs> and I kept it going for two years until someone really was like, "Look, do you not know geom- like <laughs> geography?" I was like, "No, I, I know geography. Yeah. It's a joke." It's like this has been a two-year joke. It's like, yeah. And you say you've been this angry for the whole two years. Yeah. You know what? We're, um, we're going to do something super creative. I swear. No one's <laughs> ever done it before. <laughs> First time you're seeing something like this in your life. It's not on TikTok or loads of other podcasts. I promise. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to do... You're going to rank five fighters, but you're not... You don't okay. know what okay. they are. So we're going to throw five fighters at you. Um, and you've got to rank some. each one. One to five. So if you rank, let's say I give you a fighter A, for example, and you rank him one, and then you don't know who's coming after A. You might have seen it on the internet, but not on TikTok or any other podcast. Right. No, okay, no, no. okay, okay, okay. Right. Super creative out here. Right. Okay. So I'm gonna let's look see. at my phone let's because, see. like, I'm looking at my phone. I'm, I'm focused. I'm engaged. Do you want me to throw a fighter out first? Um, I got. I wrote. I wrote a few down here. Have a look. Mm. I'll just pick random ones. I ooh, Google, I ooh. I try, I'm trying to make... If you've got better ones to add no, in, I, 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 I I've got. I've got, I got one. I've got one. I Google greatest um, UFC fighters okay. of all time and then I just sort of mixed <laughs> it up. He did, a, he, he did a lot of research on that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay, so right. first one, we're going to go Khabib. Three. Three. Oui. Anderson Silva. Two. Conor McGregor. You say he's top five. Six now. He has Six now. I added one. Six. Oh. Adesanya. Joint six. <laughs> five. Fun. Amanda Nunes. Mm. Uh, I mean, she has, she has to be up there. Um. <laughs> I'm, I'm gambling for that number one spot, and I'm waiting for waiting for a particular name to come up. Um, so maybe four. What's the last? One? What GSP? Yeah, GSP. Uh, George St. Pierre. Yeah. yeah, he's my guy, number one. There we go. There we go. Yeah, I was waiting for him. I was waiting for my okay. guy. He wasn't on it originally. I was like, huh? GSP. And he's like, yeah, and he's yeah, looked, yeah. he must have looked at it like, who? <laughs> See, it goes to show my plethora of UFC knowledge. I've only watched it like, not, I keep an eye here and there, but like, the first time I watched it was McGregor Aldo. Yeah. Great fight to watch for the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Captain now and Khabib. It's a Snapchat. Yeah, it was a Snapchat. It was a Snapchat. <laughs> nah, but yeah, um, keep an eye, but not religiously yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, watch her, yeah, but yeah. appreciate the art, appreciate. Good, good. Yeah, um, nice. But yeah, um, nice. so I actually interviewed Rich for my dissertation a few years back on um, anxiety and the perception of anxiety in combat sport. And we had a very interesting, insightful chat about anxiety, perceptions, whatnot. And I remember one thing you told me, so to start, to start you off and learn a little bit about you from the beginning, you said you came from a rugby background. Yeah. So yeah. Um, could you t- talk us a little bit yeah, about that? Yeah, so um, I started, it was kind of rugby and judo around the same sort of time. Okay. Um, so. It was a, I was around kind of eight years old. I was getting into a couple of different sports. Um, so my, my first one was, was, was rugby. Yeah. Um, but obviously, um, learning that I was, I was always pretty small for my age. Yeah. Um, so I needed to have some, some skills, some, some format for, to, to improve my, my, my tackling. Okay. Um, I started doing judo because um, I, I like the, like the grappling sports. Mm. Um, and yeah, basically, I came came through the ranks, um, the at town level, at, at city level, yeah. um, came through through the like under under 11s, under 13s, under 15s, under 17s into the academy, academy level, um, and then I, I got to play professionally. I had a one year contract playing professionally. Was this league or union? League. Yeah. Well, we are up north, so yeah. <laughs> Who for? Uh, for York. Oh, nice. So, um, so I had a one-year contract playing professionally for York, um, and then, and then yeah, basically they were they were changing from Radhill York to York Knights. Okay. So yeah. They, so the cha- big change in management. They cancel all the one-year contracts. Um, it says the best bet for you now is to kind of go back playing amateur, get scouted again, um, and if something comes up, then it comes up. Um, I went back playing amateur. And I didn't, I didn't really kind of vibe with that like amateurish attitude. Sure. Um, I mean, I was I was still trying to live like a professional athlete, um, so I was I was making sure I was in bed at, at ten o'clock every night. Um, I was watching my diet. I was doing extra strength and conditioning sessions um, and, and 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 everything else. Um, then I'm turning up on match day, and guys are turning up with a hangover. They've had a warmed up kebab for breakfast. Um, Okay, that, that's a new one. Warmed up kebab for breakfast. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure that there's some like food hygiene things. There. It was like, mm. oh, they didn't get, get food poison or something. <laughs> I, I don't know. How, however, um, this is what then made me turn around and go, you know what? I want to, um, I want to put my energy into into something where we're going to get the benefit of my returns. I'm going to get the benefit of the of the, the, the effort that I'm putting in. Um, so that's when I that's when I started to have a look around, um, and it was around that time that I found um, I used to go down to the local uh, HMV, okay, um, and finding combat sports. There was no there was no like kickboxing, but there were there was um, the the first video that I fought that I that I found was the Valley Tudo World Championship from 1997. 1997. 1997. Valley Tudo World Championship. So before the UFC even existed. Yep. Um, and it was a guy called Marcos Ruiz. Yep. Um, who's a really famous Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. Um, versus Oleg Taktorov, who's um, 
he's now a movie star. He's he he moved, moved over to the States uh, and he, he went, he became like the, 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 the Russian bad guy in, in every movie that he kind of starred mm -hmm. in. He kind of real stereotypes. Um, yeah. And and before the fight, they were, they were saying, oh, the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt is going to take him down to the floor. Uh, he's just going to, going to submit him and, and this, that and the other. But they ended up having a 30-minute stand-up war Ben Ben Uncle MMA, um, and it was just um, it was just absolute carnage, in it, and it was brutal. Um, and I was like, wow, like where can I get more of this? Um, like the, the the extremity of the sport was it was what fascinated me. Um, and then I went back to um, HMV the, the 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 next week looking for more videos, um, and then I found one video, um, and it was the most extreme ring spot in the world muay thai volume one Oy. Uh, and, it, and, it, and it was it was um it was video footage from over in thailand um and i was like this is this is this is the, the, the shit this is this is for me this is this is what I'm, this is what i've been looking for um and and like i said the the, the rest is history yeah. uh, i um i went around looking for a, a, a muay thai gym um, I found a, a kickboxing gym. Yep. Um, started doing semi-contact kickboxing, um, but then I lasted about six months with that um, because they were. Um, it was semi-contact kickboxing. Yeah. Um, you got kind of um, you got told off for excessive contact. Um, now, when you start getting disqualified on every tournament for excessive contact on what's deemed to be a combat sport. I was like, there's something wrong here. Oh. Um, and, and like I said, one, one day I turned up, um, turned up at the gym and all the mats had gone, all the bags had gone. And uh, the, the, the guy that turned up to train was like, oh, do you want to have a bash at tie boxing? I was like, okay, well, what's, what's the difference here? He's like, oh, I've got some pads, let's, let's kick some pads. So they sat kicking the pads and he was like, no, it's not semi-contact anymore. This is like proper fighting. Like you're kicking as hard as you can, and start kicking the pads, and yeah, like I get goosebumps still talking about it now, um, and yeah, I was hooked. Oh, so right. that, that that that's the that's the the, the the ramping. That reminds you of my first time playing rugby as well, you know, from going from playing football, swimming, basketball, tennis, doing judo, and then being like, being a Serbian, I was like, did not know what rugby was. Not because I was like born born over there, came over here. I was like born here. I was like, my parents. I've never seen this like game on TV. I don't know what it is. I'll give rugby a go. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that was fun running into people. <laughs> d d look, you don't need to tackle as long as you're really good at attacking. It's fine. Because <laughs> the best defense is a good offense. They so just keep like slamming it forward, which isn't the right quote, but you know, you just gotta go go along with it. And yeah, I've never looked back either from rugby. I mean, I've, there's been moments, I'm assuming there's been moments in your life where you've been, you've done like either a competition or you've done a prep or something like that. And you've just been like, afterwards, like, I never want to do this again. You've kind of thrown the gloves down. You're like, yeah, no, forget this. I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, from, from, from rugby, yeah. um, there, there, were, there were times in, in rugby when, um, yeah, you'd I'd taken a bit of a kicking on the pitch. Mm. Um, and one of the beauties of moving over into combat sports was that I was I was always a bit bit of a, a gobby 
gobby yeah. kid on the on the on the rugby pitch. Mm. I'd I'd wind up all the prop forwards, so they were more intent about. You sound like a halfback. How do you know? Oof! You said gobby. I was yeah. like, I yeah. know it straight yeah. away. Yeah, those gobby little like, scrum halves, fly halves. And the uh, so they were more intent about hitting me than 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 they were about getting the ball. Exactly. Um, and they said this was one of the things about kind of mind coaching and psychology and stuff like that 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 really got me intrigued um and so well like i'm i'm happy to take a whack if we win oh 100 percent. and so it's like it's like all right okay well i mean and and it, i think it was one of those things where when i had that the the toughness from rugby to then carry it over into combat sports um and then when you're doing combat sports it's a weak agri sport when I, when, I first, when I first um, when I had my first fight, I was like, "Yes, I'm fighting another little dude." You're like, "Perfect." 100. percent It's like I'm I'm no longer facing like big prop forward second rowers. Um, yeah, no. Another little dude, I, I can take this all day. That's how I feel right now. <laughs> Not because I'm on, I'm on the wing, and some for some reason I'm bigger than a lot of the wingers yeah, in my yeah. league. Even though I'm only about 87, 88 kilograms, six one. Yeah. But like everyone else in the league is about like you know. Sub six foot, yeah. like 80, 70 kilograms. You're like, oh, I feel big for a winger. Yeah, That's great. Yeah, yeah. And then you get one of those, like, out of nowhere, those, like, specimens that play in the backs, but are still, like, you know, 126, 4. You're like, why are you there? <laughs> like, I don't want to tackle you. <laughs> Obviously, you've had some fights where you, you looked at the guy. You're like, how the hell is he in my weight class right now? Well, and, 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 this, is a, and this is the science of weight cutting. Oh. There's, so there's a, there's a science to weight cutting. There's a, there's, a, there's a science to how to manipulate your weight through kind of calf depletion and, and, and stuff like that so that you can drop your body weight in order to hit a particular weight. Then you can buy, then you bounce all that weight on exactly. within, within 24 hours. You put like 10, 15 pounds back on. Easy, easy. Yeah, I like think that, it was. The, the, the biggest one that I had was I weighed in at, at 61 kilos the day before. The next day I was 70. So, so nine kilos, uh, what's that, like 18? 18, 2.25, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, I've read about this actually. It, it, it's absolutely horrible. It's disgusting. You trick your body. So I read about it, how you have to basically, throughout that like week and a bit period, you start increasing your water volume and then you slowly start decreasing it to the point where you trick your body into thinking it has that water still there. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. your body starts releasing more and more water through like, you know, going to the toilet and like sweating. Yeah, yeah. When in reality, you're like, I have no more liquids left. My body's just literally draining itself dry. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, there, there's a, there's a number of different strategies mm. that, that are used, um, but the thing is now, like with um, the, there are a lot of people that, that that still go through that weight cutting process, but there's a lot more kind of spot science that's readily available um, online and and stuff like that, to, so that you can manage your weight more effectively. And yeah, okay, I may have um, I may have dropped like twenty pounds. Yeah. Um, and, and put that twenty pounds back on again, um, but I dare say it wasn't one of my best performances. Um, I think I was I was fortunate 
on on that particular fight. Um, I ended up knocking the guy out in the first round because, um, like, I don't know whether I'd have taken any any body shots at that point because I was that I was that stuffed. I think I had food poisoning. Um, it, it wasn't wasn't a ple pleasant sight. Never, it never is when you're trying to like get back into. Yeah, just feeling sluggish and and, and lethargic. Um, just feeling really heavy and yeah, yeah, like it wasn't. It's wasn't, like being hungover. Wasn't, wasn't good. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Wow, the how how long are you? How long in general do you, are you putting your body through that to get ready to be um, able to make weight? Yeah, so on, that rough. I mean, I know it's different for yeah, each person. I mean, uh, on a on a general basis, you you'd be looking at probably a a six to seven week training plan. Yeah. Um, ideal ideally ten, um, but if you if you say like generally six weeks, so that you can keep on keep a keep a roll and build momentum, um, and but then the so there's a difference between weight loss and weight cutting. Mm. So weight loss is the is like keeping yourself in the calorie deficit. So like. If you if you look at uh, the, the the maths of it, it's um, a 500 calorie deficit every day. Totals up uh, three and a half thousand. Three three and a half thousand um, calories at the end of the week. That's how many calories are in a pound of fat. Mm. Um, so, in like scientifically, it says that you should be losing like a pound of fat every like every week, and so then you can gradually bring your weight down through controlled weight loss and then there's weight cutting where you're cutting carbs out and, and, and stuff like that so then you can have a, a fast shed of water um, to then bounce the weight back on again after wow. weighing I didn't know it got that complicated that's, that's why I wanted to talk about it before yeah. I was like yeah you know weight cutting isn't it's pretty chill and I was like nah it's uh, it's way more complicated than that because you know, there's a plethora of sports. I'm using the word plethora a lot because I think it sounds intelligent. <laughs> plethora of sports <laughs> that that have a uh, weight category. So weightlifting, uh, rest, a lot of like combat sports. Weightlifting, of course, for one as well. Any uh, sport that has to do with lifting weights, so even powerlifting. And, you know, some people perform well out of competition. Mm -hmm. But obviously after the weight cut and after everything you have to go through and endure, yeah. it gets to the time of the competition. And it's just a massive, just massive like emotional and physical like. Uh, puts, puts, a, puts a lot of stress on the system. Exactly, because it's not like you're trying to lose like body weight, like muscle or fat. You're just trying to dehydrate yourself. And when you dehydrate yourself, we've all seen those scenes in like the films and like the desert and everything. When you're dehydrated, yeah, start things start just don't go well. Yeah, you start yeah. eating the sand because you think it's water. <laughs> Tasty yeah. stuff. Learn and how lot. many and how many times do you think you've had to you've been in that situation where you've done the weight uh the weight cut to reach it and afterwards you're like it's, i don't think it's going to go well in the in in the ring um i mean i think i was always pretty well like lasered in um when i, when I got got to the fight um there was never really any like element of doubt um I mean, mind coaching is, is, is my thing uh, and like performance mind coaching, getting ready for competition and, and that kind of thing. I was always, always really kind of um, really focused on that. Um, 
I was saying about there's, a, there's been a number of times throughout my career where I've I've had either bad weight cuts or poor training camps or been been battling with injury. I mean the the the, the list of excuses could go on, um, but I'm not an excuses guy. Mm. Um, it, it's like we are we are what we are, and you you, you deal with it and you put in your best performance and, and you do you do your very best. Um, so if you if you if you if you look for excuses and you're already kind of sabotaging your own performance yeah huh. you know what I, I'm remembering a quote you told me a couple of years back okay yeah over analysis leads to paralysis yeah am, am I correct in that I remember yeah. it right yeah 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 so so, so there's there's uh, paralysis by analysis Mm. So um, the, this is this is one of the things that, that that happens when people are like overthinking and and you're getting into that kind of um, you're getting into that territory where um, we all have creative minds. The more mm. creative the mind, the more you're going to you can potentially create more anxiety by setting up so many negative events from from that point. Um, but it, if you're if you're focused and lasered in onto the, the work that you have done, these are then become your tangibles. These become your, your things that you can stay focused on um, to l almost latch your, your, your confidence onto the, onto the action. Mm. And when you latch your confidence onto the action, this is what can also make you kind of obsessive about, about training. Mm. Um, I mean, this kind of like links to, I don't want to talk, I don't want to talk too much because it's not something I've exactly read, but in terms of like um, the different personalities we 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 show, and um, I heard it in a podcast from a researcher. I think the podcast was called "The Sports Psychologist." Dan Abraham's big up. Um, yeah, they um, he had someone, and she said, I "Don't remember the guest, but she don't read." She said something about the more like the more you like the more emotion you, oh, I'm trying to find a way well, to the more emotionally attached you are to the a sport the more emotionally attached you are to the sport or to what you're doing the more detrimental and personal it feels when you lose or when you struggle or when yeah. it doesn't go well yeah. and like I mean I'm sure there's a plethora <laughs> of, of research and papers and whatever and conversations about that but um that balance i guess yeah I, I mean like whenever you're talking about elite sport um you can't you can't be balanced there's it, it's such an immersive like immersive process in order to, in order to get good mm. in order to be good you have to be um, doing more than the average yeah. and when you're doing more than the average it becomes almost obsessive um, and like people sometimes say like obsessive like obsessive don't be obsessive or oh, you're getting obsessed by that and stuff like that well if you want to be good then that's what you have to do mm. and there, there has to be a level of like say a level of acceptance like if you want to be good then you are going to be obsessed it is going to seem obsessive to other people but that's because it's not their goal. It's your goal. Mm. You're you're chasing after the thing that you that you want, 
So, in 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 my world, in 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 this in this sport, you have to be obsessed if you if you want to if you want to win. Yeah. Well, then, when do you get the chance to just be rich and not be the obsessed? Well, the, this is this is it. This is this is when we start peeling back the layers. Mm. Um, and I mean, we we all have masks that we hide behind. Of course. Um, so, but it, but if you're if you're always doing that one role, if you're always in that role, like there's no more. There's, there's I mean, there, there's always going to be other parts of your personality outside of the sport. Um, but essentially, that is you. It, you. You're going after something that you're that you're chasing for, something that you're aspiring towards. Um, and so long as you're not doing it because somebody else told you to, mm. well, if someone else is telling you to, well, you, you're probably not going to immerse yourself as as deeply as required. Uh, if you're doing it because you're chasing after it because you want to do it, then you're going to put put in the work that's that's required in order to make yourself stand out um, so therefore that becomes you so uh, I was just trying to kind of unpick it as as I was speaking then no um, no you don't you don't you, you explained it really well so so if I think if if you're if you want it yourself and it comes from an intrinsic level of, of, mm. of motivation then then that's who you are yeah. um, like if you if you if you find the the thing that makes you tick the thing that makes you shine bright then run yeah. with it run with it no that's so first of all there's two things i want to talk about or not talk like i want obviously the intrinsic motivation part really important run with it yeah. you know it needs to come from within you yeah on the flip side of the same coin with extrinsic mo- motivation, how, how would you classify its importance for someone trying to do something? Or, or opposite um, opposite of importance, not opposite, but... If it detracts from performance? Yeah. Um, I mean, extrinsic motivation is doing, doing stuff for other people or for external rewards um so you're probably not going to be as as invested um well this year again i'm 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 unpicking it as i'm as i'm talking Um, I'm, i'm i'm thinking that that well if it's coming from somebody else then i'm not going to be as invested in that end result so therefore, I'm not going to be as as motivated. Or, um, but it, if it has a reflection on my my demeanor as a, as an individual, someone someone say, if if someone turns around and says, "Well, is it? He's not motivated because I don't go the extra mile." Well, have they sold the importance of this particular task to me mm-hmm. now? I always like to think of myself as a as a motivated individual, so um, being a being a self employed guy um, and running running my own gym and everything, well, the book stops with me. Mm. So it's 
like following from Jocko Willing. It, yeah. it, it's that extreme ownership. It, it's that, well, whatever happens comes back to me anyway. So if, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm chasing after a, a dream or, or something, then yes, it, yes, it's coming from me, but am I going to take ownership when I'm working in it? Say, say when I'm working at UFC. Yeah. If I, when I'm working at UFC, we take extreme ownership and, and we can pass that message on through our line of chain of command, our, our management scheme, yeah. uh, structure. Um, there's, there's, there's always someone that's, that that's their responsibility for. So you can kind of pass it on. When I'm working for some of the other organisations, then there has to be a bit of uh, intuition. There has to be a bit of like self-motivation to, to go, right, okay, this is a problem. How can I take an answer, find the answer, and then go to my boss and go, oh, I've, sort, I've sorted that, is that okay? Like, you want to be the guy that brings, you don't want to be the guy that brings a problem all the time. You want to be the guy that brings a problem and there's an answer. Is that good enough? And then, and then a good manager goes, nice one, well done. Oh. So, um, rewinding a little bit back to the rugby, yep. um, just because um, there was something I wanted to ask you, but um, you were saying some really good stuff, so I didn't want okay. to interrupt you. <laughs> okay. Um, it was the cultures between the two. And now that, that, that's what I originally wanted to ask you. But now we're talking about, now that we've talked about this extrinsic and intrinsic motivation and, and the dynamics in terms of having that motivation for your team compared. Yeah. So how, how, how would, so first of all, let's talk about the, like, so those are two things I wanted to. Right. So okay. first we'll go on about the culture and the, and the contrast and how, how was that and, how 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 do you feel about the two di the two different cultures in those two sports in terms of rugby and when you started doing your Muay Thai and um I mean I like the professionalism that I had when when I played rugby um when I played rugby for York um it was the like looking for that one percent improvement every day. Like what are they? Like you look at look at the big factors such as sleep, nutrition. Mm. Um, are, are you are you hitting the, the 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 main targets on your sleep and nutrition? Well, that that's probably eighty percent of your recovery. Mm. Everything else beyond that is then kind of one percent gains. Um, and that's one of the things that I kind of carried over into. Um, into Muay Thai and I think it's one of the things that carried me up through the ranks really quickly because um, within like three or four years I was fighting for English and British titles okay. within, within like three or four years um, seeing seeing how like professional sport play the game and then taking ownership of that myself to manage myself around um, around around combat sports um, I think that was the differentiating factor that took me to that kind of next level and, and got me to kind of bridge that standard really quickly and um, in terms of the the motivations because it's obviously when you're competing in combat whatever it is you're by yourself yeah 
yeah. and in rugby world you're not even though there is an element of I wouldn't call yeah. it combat but yeah, yeah, yeah. there's an element of physicality. it yeah um how how would you say that your the the kind of motivations you have um differ in those two areas um personally I don't think there is no I don't I don't, I don't think I don't think there is a a, a difference I, I, I mean I like as a when I when I played rugby there's yes it's a team sport but it, it's I think that intrinsic motivation that we talked about earlier is that like extreme ownership everything's my fault okay. and so and so and so even it, even when you're working in a team there has to be that extreme ownership where everyone everyone takes responsibility for the for the end result like if you're if you're sitting back because you're in a because you're in a team sport if you're sitting back and go well oh yeah that's that's his responsibility I, I don't need to worry about that like you know you know people are going to play their role they're gonna they're gonna do their job however if i'm if i'm there to support and and we are truly working as a team then you're gonna get good results if, if someone is selfish and looking to go well yeah that that's that's their responsibility i don't need to go over and help i don't need to go over and assist that's not a team mentality that that's a series of individuals that just so happen to be in a collective known as a team okay so therefore they're not contrasting and and, and working synergistically look at that word what a word what a word man I was about yeah. Mate, we, we, we're having a plethora of uh, <laughs> big words today there's no thesaurus under the table or anything like that it's, no all, thesaurus. it's all from the heart all from the brain <laughs> all from the heart all from the brain and all from nothing uh, we're just that good at imagining like new words. <laughs> no, but that's understandable though, because a lot of teams, you do have big egos. Yep. In a lot yep. of team sports, and I've I've seen it through a lot of my like team old teammates, not current team. I'd never say that about my current <laughs> team. Um, I've seen it through a lot of teams that there's just one player who's kind of more egotistical than everyone else, and I always say, to some degree, you should be an ego egoist you should like be you should say you're the best player because you need to do your your job fully 100 percent to the best way it can be yeah and you need to have the ego to be like look i'm better than him i'm gonna mess him up i'm gonna score a try and then i'm gonna run through him blitz around him whatever yeah but some people are like oh it's a team sport yes but it's also an individual how you said it you know you can still be an egoist and still work within a team because you do need double 14 players yeah, attached yeah, to, yeah. to win it yeah. you can't or 12 yeah, yeah true yeah. or six you know or eight depends <laughs> depends what code we're talking about but in in martial, mixed martial arts uh obviously you have to be an egoist to some degree but you also have your coaches you have your team working with you yeah and you sometimes do need to in my opinion take a step back and listen to what people are saying outside the ring in order to do better in the ring yeah have the, has there ever been not uh, ever been a time where you've literally had to throw all reasoning out out the window and be like look I know what's best for me right now in the ring I need to do I need to like you know sack off what they're saying and just do what I think I need to do no because you always it's better to get a second like perspective of how the fight's going and everything like that this is and this is I think this is one of the 
uh, illusions of combat sports in fight, thinking that fighters are egotistical and, and stuff like that. If you want to be good, you need to be coachable. Yeah. Um, you need to be able to listen. You need to have a non non egotistical mind. Now, the 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 thing is, is that I'm going to sound like an old man now. Nowadays, <laughs> nowadays, nowadays, with social media, yeah, every, everyone wants to be a superstar. Everyone wants to be the. Everyone wants to be the hero. Everyone wants to be the 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 individual influencer that kind of spearheads a campaign or or whatever. Okay, yeah. Well, and that's why they have like press conferences after fights and 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 things like that. Well, yes, they're gonna sell tickets. Yes, they're gonna do do whatever they have to do in order to build themselves up. Um, but uh, but when when push comes to shove and you start talking about fight strategy, I don't think there's one fighter out there that knows everything. If you're egotistical in order to think that you know everything, then good luck to you. I bet you don't go very far. Mm, so this, this, going back to our motivation tool we had extrinsic and intrinsic i don't i don't want to make anyone any researchers or sports psychologists or whatever cringe but we've got the side of like e yeah i don't know if you've heard of it or not is you've got ego orientated athletes and task orientated athletes yeah and so ego orientated athletes are results driven they want to win they want to finish first they want to yeah win like, yeah okay Whereas task orientated athletes are, I'm okay. I'm not, I'm not talking like there's two different athletes. Yeah, like yeah, there's, there's yeah. These are two athletes fall into these categories. Like I'm the sure. Archetypes, yes. Yeah, like, but um, the task orientated is more focused on the improvement and on the, you know, the learning side of things. Yeah, yeah. And and things like that. So, because obviously. That kind of brings me, yeah, you need that ego to have the drive and to do it for yourself. But then you need the talk about being coachable. How important is that balance of, of those two sides to be a successful um, combat fighter or to be elite level in anything really? Um, What's the cookie cutter template and how to be an athlete, basically? <laughs> well, okay, so... We won't quote you. It's fine. We won't put it into research papers, All right. so you can get it wrong if you want. Okay. okay. Oh. Let me let me just go and chat GPT. <laughs> um, How to athlete one hundred and one. I I I think that. Um, so I have a coaching trinity. All right. So my coaching trinity is first of all me and the athlete need to be cool on vibes. Yeah. yeah. We have to we have to be we have to be getting on we have to be we have to be having conversation and no kind of underlying issues and we've got confidence to talk to each other and, and our levels of communication are, are, are on point in order to address any underlying issues so then you can go right okay yeah we're tight and there's there's no like hidden messages there's no like oh, he's, he's a bit of a twat I don't really like him but I'm coaching yeah I saw that. Just walking in, you have a nice little like notepad, and on the notepad, it's the names of uh, people coming in, and it goes, 
sleep rating, zero to zero. Basically, you're asking them all about their sleep, nutrition, hydration, stress, yeah. and yeah. seeing like, do you want help or yeah. do you need help? Yeah. And I think that's like that's that's very classy because normally you just have like a, you're in, cool, tick. You're here, sweet, tick. You're like, you're here, awesome. How are you feeling? How's this? How's that? Like you know, not a lot of like a lot of coaches when they see it, like visually, then they might approach it. But with this one, it's like you know. You have so many people coming in. You're asking them preemptively. You're like, look, just fill this out. Like, just a nice little questionnaire yeah. on how you're doing. And yeah. obviously, that's that's sweet because you don't have a lot of coaches nowadays being like, you're here, sweet. Start work, work, start warming up. Uh, I don't feel that well. Oh, you'll get better into it. Just, just go for it. So that's yeah. the first part. Yeah. Knowing your athlete, yeah. vibing. Yeah, yeah. And I, th- I think, like, for, for me, it's like. Like you're saying, getting getting such a, a turnover of people coming up, coming in, going out, and you're like, what's up, what's up with them? It's like, it's, it's not as not as on point today. It's not it's not it's not vibing that well. Is it is it is a little bit slower than normal? Oh, let him work. Just let him work. Come around, have a look on the have a look on the sheet. Uh, oh, sleep score. Give it. Give himself a a four out of ten. Had a shit night's sleep. Even be, I know, I know, be cool. I don't need to go, like unpicking threads. Yeah, I just leave it, leave him be. Let let him work it out, uh, and there, there's there's that responsibility, which nicely <laughs> takes us on to the second part of the trinity, which is um, performance. Okay, so you're you're looking at are they putting in a hundred percent? Are they are they performing to their very best of their ability? Um, on the on the sheets, if it says they're, they're coming in at a four out of ten on the sleep, if they've got a forty percent performance, if they're putting in forty percent, they're still putting in a hundred percent of what they've got. Yeah. So so, I I don't I don't need to question it. Like they they're, they're working hard and they they're doing they're doing what they can with what they've got. Um, if we if we're going to if we're going to competition, um. We've had like six, eight, ten weeks of preparation. Uh, I know their their level of performance. I know what they can. I know what their like maximum levels are. I know what their thresholds are. Um, I know how they're going to react. I, I know what their reaction speed is like. I know when they. I know when they're on point. Um, are they putting in one hundred percent? Yes or no? Well, okay. If if they if they tipping off their performance then okay then that's when I have to step in with my 100% and, I, and I'm coming in and saying right okay what, what's what's the problem going on here um, and then and then lastly the third part of the trinity is results um, are we winning now sometimes that's within our looks of control sometimes it isn't okay yeah. like a lot of the time like the results part isn't within our looks of control. Um, the fights are matched on a on a on an even basis, um, and so long as me me and the fighter are right, and so long as they're putting in a hundred percent, then 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 we're good. Okay. Um, if I put if I put results first, yeah, and then everything else kind of falls off behind that, then. Long and short of it, I don't want to be teaching a lot of dickheads. 
I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't want people that I don't get on with. I don't like. I don't want to be teaching people that have low moral values. I don't, I don't want to be teaching people that are using the skills in here to then go out and mug people. Like I've got a, I've got, a, I feel as though I've got a social responsibility in order to, to be kind of policing that. Um. Like the like the sound Spider Man with great power comes great responsibility. Mm. So you when you when you're learning how to fight, you're learning competition. You you're learning combat sports skills. You're getting a superpower. You're learning how to beat people up very easily. Yeah. And there has to come there has to be a level of responsibility that comes with that. So, um. So yeah, like I'm. I'm going to be vibing towards people that I do get on with um, and, and they're, go, they're going to get the very best of me. Um, and if people are trying to get back on the straight and narrow, I'm going to help them the very best that they can. But then we'll work, a three, we'll go work on a, on a, on a th three-strike basis. Fair. Um, like, I've told you once, like, you, need to, you, need to, you need to book your ideas up. You can't be doing this, you can't be doing that. Right. Okay. Well, are you, are you going to listen? Are you coachable? Are you are you going to listen to to the, to the advice that you're being given? Yes or no. Yes. Okay. Good. Now we can start working together, and that that works well. Um. No, I'm not. No, I'm not going to listen to you because um. I make, I'm making money. Blah blah blah. Whatever. Um. Then. I don't think I don't think we're a good fit. Fair. Um, and like I say, that that's that's a level of responsibility. So, with with level of responsibility being mentioned, yeah, how did how did um how did it come about you starting up and opening this this gym this facility? Um, also, congrats on twelve years. <laughs> thank you very oh. much. Thank you. Did, yeah. did, did some did some Facebook stalking. I found out it's fine. Yeah, well, like like I say, we've been been through some rough old times through through COVID and stuff like that, and yeah, it nearly nearly shut us down. Did you not count the years of COVID during the thing? Because it says two thousand eight, you guys won an award, and then it's like, well, have you been in this unit here for twelve years? Yeah, this unit here. For okay, years. makes sense. Makes sense. But so, the the whole like. So the Chuck Chuck D as a as a as a Muay Thai gym. Yep. Was first established in two thousand five. There we go. That that's what I was like. I was like, um, I saw it. Th didn't make sense. Now it makes sense. Yeah. So, um, then, um, two thousand eleven we opened up here. Nice. Um, two thousand and two thousand eight was our first time of being nominated as a um, on. The National Fitness Awards. Yep. Um, it's one of the Combat Zone gyms. Um, that's where. That's when it was my organisation. But then uh, we was running out of the local fitness first, um, and because of our our link through the sport network and, and fitness network there, um, we got passed on through the through the National Fitness Awards, um, which was pretty cool, nice. uh, and. Yeah, so we've been here since 2011. Um, it was actually 11, 11, 11. 11, 11, 11. Yeah. yeah. What a day. Yeah. What a day. Yeah. What a day. So, uh, so 
Oh, urologist will be loving that one. Oh. Uh, those those angel numbers are really lining up here. It's perfect. <laughs> the stars align. <laughs> the um, so that and that was the, that was the start of it all. Um, and yeah, kind of just just kind of grown from there. Um, I've forgotten the question. What was the question? Oh, I've forgotten it too. I think <laughs> I, I think we were just talking about oh, like how you started. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah so I think, I, I think I pretty much you've answered it, except for how you've done everything except the, the initial. How, how was it conceived? Yeah, so um, big words conceived now as well. <laughs> so, so what? What? What an episode! What an episode! We're, we're, we're building up our lexicon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no oh. chat GPT here. Come, come on, let's build up your vocab. Oh, uh, what, what, one word? We were up. We were driving up before Tarek took an hour and a half snooze to play the trumpet. Um, he was like, "Do you know what we should call? We should call the people that watch the pod. What our listeners?" And I looked at him. I was like, "That is the best dad joke I've heard in a while, eh?" Brilliant. Are we like that sort of way? Yeah. Then, then you went to sleep for an hour and a half. I was like, "Ah." Oh gosh yeah. so so yeah we, we had the uh so when i was running out of the fitness, fitness first um i bumped into the um the the fitness manager there um she was called joe sugden okay um and yeah basically basically we, we started chatting um then asked her out on a date and how'd it go and and then now we're married and we've got two kids um, and it was. I was like, great day. Do you know what? I was really going to be like, yeah, no, it didn't go well. But now we're business partners, so it's all right. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh. I was like, and nah. Yeah. So less less drama, it's just more work. I like it. <laughs> so so then then um, yeah, basically we work working together there, um, and then Joe was working out of the Bannertines up at the top of the road here. Okay. Um, she was a fitness manager there as well. Um, and one day, coming down, saw that they were building all these new u- new units down here, um, <laughs> and when I went on, had a had a look. I was I was working as um, I was just like um, self-employed, was just like pads in the back of the back of the back of the car and going out to people's houses, doing personal training at people's houses and and stuff like that. Um, just I've, I've been made redundant from the railway. Um, and I was just kind of bouncing around doing doing my thing, um, and yeah, basically Joe Joe found this place, turned up, had a had a little walk around, got some tape out on the um, like mapped out where the mat would be and where the ring would be, and and there's a uh, it was it was like empty shell at that point. So it wasn't furnished. Ah, oh, fair. I was gonna say it's a bit too good for it to be furnished yeah, like this. So. Yeah. Imagine yeah. you just walk in, it's everything. So you're like, "Huh, this is how I thought it would be." Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so, so that, and then, like I said, we've been been through quite a few changes. So we used to have like changing rooms all the way down at the bottom there, which, where the weights are now. Um, this this was this was the old weights area up here. Um, so there there were all the changing rooms, and then we took those out during during lockdown. Yeah, during COVID. Um, yeah, crazy times. Yeah. Um, it's three years ago, huh? I know it's madness. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, because you couldn't really have people, like, kind of getting. You couldn't have that many people here, so so changing rooms got. Yeah, we had to to kind of optimize the space and and that kind of thing. Um, But now, like I say, we've got these like little little corners here, Mm. 
for all the, all, the, all the parents to have like chill out time and and stuff while the, while the kids are yeah, kids yeah. Are training. nice little whiteboard as well to put right in the middle so no one can see what they're packing about yeah, yeah that's it so we've got so that that's all the um youth sport stuff so that's one of the um one of the things that my, my wife's running now um is a youth sport institute so we take um athletes from around around york loads of different sports um and then we do um strength conditioning um, diet nutrition and performance mindset work with them um, which works alongside uh, my personal training the your performance institute um, and yeah basically uh, we're doing a doing a similar sort of thing just with different target markets I like how much of an emphasis you guys put on the psychological side of things for, for these athletes it, and the it, behavior. Yeah, it, it, it's the it's the it's the foundation to everything. Like if you if you if your mind's not right, you know, you you are setting off with a with a with a bad tack. So, um, I mean, yes, you can lean into athleticism, but athleticism is only going to take you so far. Mm. Um, with a with a with a winning mindset, with a with a performance mindset, um, like the world's your oyster. Mm. So how how. I always freeze. It's like I'm buffering. You know what I mean? Like, Mate, you got to get Jack GPT out, bro. <laughs> get the questions out. <laughs> no, but it's like, how did performance mindset become such a integral part of how you approach your coaching? Yeah, yeah. So, um, like I said, one of, the, one of the things that I found through, through combat sports is that it's very easy to lean into the strength conditioning. It, it, it taps into that kind of um, like Goggins, uh, Goggins stuff where they was like, oh, you gotta do, gotta do more. You just gotta grind. You gotta put in the work. The primal, yeah. the primal mind of like just keep do, keep doing the same action over and over again. And you would get yeah. results out of it. Yeah, like who's gonna carry the boats? Who's, who's gonna, gonna carry the logs? Who's gonna carry the logs? <laughs> like, like just get like like putting in that work, but. Well then, like you, you, you kind of take a step back and go, well, okay, the the kind of pushing up against a brick wall, they get like pushing up against that kind of glass ceiling, um, because they're they're not managing their own like self beliefs of what they what they could potentially get to. I mean, we've got we've got guys here that um, like when they when they initially started. We were saying, oh, I'm just coming in just to just to get fit, and then realizing how much potential they've got, and they've they've progressed on into into competition and and, and stuff like that, and and it, it's just seeing that growth of individuals, um, and oh, I can embrace a new challenge. I'm brave enough to 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 address all the anxieties and and all the all the stresses and all the kind of overthinking things that that that, that happen when you're going towards competition. Um, that it feels absolutely fantastic to me that we can inspire people with with that degree of self belief that they can they can go that they can go for this. Um, but like I said, like we're we're like living that lifestyle. We're we're, we're working towards these like aspirational dreams all the time. Um, so I, I, th I think it's just one of the. Um, just our our kind of 
style of coaching that with with positivity brings more positivity it, it's almost like manifestation if you manifest it it will come true oh so deep you believe <laughs> once you believe you will achieve because i'm i think that you know the idea of having someone like david goggins to to motivate people it's great don't get me wrong it's wonderful having you know a source of motivation where someone literally is yelling at you through screen and you're like this is going to motivate me to go like running go training xyz and the way you said it's like yeah they'll reach a brick wall they reach a glass ceiling and like you know they'll get to a point where it's not just about the physicality it's about also the mental side of it but then again you see like images and videos of David Goggins, like, you know, post runs or anything, is like, you know, broken bones in his feet, like his he uh swelling in his in his legs too, yeah. to the point yeah. where like all the fluids build up there and he puts yeah. his hand on it and yeah. and, yeah. and you're just yeah. like understand I understand it, but like for everyone, like everywhere to be doing what he does, it's just not plausible. Because yeah. Yeah. he was he was fighting demons, he was trying to get into marines trying to do everything did hell week free time that's yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're like that yeah. takes a special man to do you work a nine to five and you just want to be fit and the motivation to basically do that i'm not saying it's bad i'm just saying like you know you can like tone it down a bit well like say with the with this going back to the intrinsic and extrinsic motivation if you're doing it to copy people yeah then, yeah, sooner or later you're gonna come up against that kind of glass ceiling. But it's if it's coming from inside, um, then you'd be then you'd be willing to do it. So, um, I mean, I always said this, there's there's no traffic in the extra mile. True. So, if you if you want to go that extra mile, then it has to be down to you. Like there's no one else that can do it for you. What a quote. <laughs> there's no traffic in the extra mile that is a that is that is a tattooable quote right there <laughs> what a quote yeah. <laughs> sorry that was <laughs> i really like that one yeah so and, and and it's it's like you have to be you have to want to do it yourself and the i think one of the things about it is that if you're um if you're doing it for anybody else, then you're not willing to go through the, you're not willing to go through the pain. You're not willing to go through the trauma. You're not willing to push yourself. What's required in order to get that result? So I think I think all all these things need to be self motivated. Um, so if and it, and if like I say if you if you want to do it you'll do it. If you don't want to do it, okay, someone else will. Just maybe maybe not for you. That's why we took a four-hour trip this morning yeah. to get here. Yeah. <laughs> no traffic. No. That was extra what do you mean there was no traffic? You were sleeping. You weren't yeah. in. Yeah. I was in the traffic. Do you know what? Let's look. We've we've taken a lot in. Let's take a bit of a detour into the part of the show where I like asking ridiculous questions. Uh, what is, and be honest with me, your go-to meal deal? from the supermarket it could be any supermarket it can be asda it could be tesco's it could be sainsbury's 
It can even be a Greg's or a Wenzel's, but preferably not because I need something to like, you know, associate the price to three pound forty or three pound ninety, depending if you have a club card yeah. or not. <laughs> we've, um, we've, we've we had a shocker of a last one with Fiona Cooper. Ham and cheese sandwich. That's what she said. I mean, she made up for it with the quavers. Okay, yeah. Not made up for it, but like, and it's a respectable cravers. respectable cravers. She had diet coke as well, which I think is the inferior diet coke, but it's fine. That's that's my general opinion. So. Okay, so. Um, don't disappoint me, please. On a, on a, on a meal deal. <laughs> You've been oh. on fire, Rich. Let's yeah, keep let's it keep on fire. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it. Let's keep that vibe going. Uh, I mean, um, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna be going for a chicken Caesar wrap. Okay, Ooh, that's solid. That is. What supermarket is uh, the best chicken Caesar wrap? Asda Tesco. Yeah, oh, I is. agree. Tesco for sure. Yeah. Asda, I haven't tried that one. Sainsbury's. It's, one it's, it's not. Cheesy. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. Nah, it tastes a bit cheesy. But then, then, then um, snack time. For, for, for the snack time. Okay. Yeah. This is this is this is this is always dodgy territory. Okay. Let's yeah. let's let's see. If it's if it's like eggs, then you know. Boiled eggs, mate. Boiled <sighs> eggs. Yeah. But the thing the thing is, like when you when you go when you go in snack time, it's it's all, all chocolate bars and crisps. I'm, There's no health. I'm looking for my protein. I want my protein. He he really. F- fifteen grams of protein. Of, yeah. Fifteen grams of protein in every boiled egg. So, so wait, 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 wait. You wait get pause. Eggs in the middle, yeah, so yeah. you get two. You get two yes. in a pot. Really? Yeah. There you go. Interesting. No, I don't. I don't think it's. Fi- is it fifteen? I thought it was a bit less. Depends how big the egg is, man. Touche. <laughs> because it's a hundred. It's seventy calories per per egg, and one hundred forty mm-hmm. for the pot. And obviously, you need to account for the fat in the in the yeah. yolk. Yeah. So. Yeah, you know, just yeah, g- yeah, give or that. take, give yeah. or take. Okay, and cool, then, sweet. Uh, so you went from chicken Caesar wrap to boiled eggs. I won't lie, I, I get the boiled eggs too. It's fine. You man are yeah. weird. <laughs> Bro, it's, it's just, honestly. No, you're not weird. You're just some health freaks. <laughs> technically, be, like, being weird is also being normal. And being normal no, no. is kind of weird too. Yeah. No, no, being weird is it's great. It's great. Apart from when you eat boiled eggs. <laughs> mate, no, I'm throwing too mate, much. I'm, I'm like, in, in, in Serbia, when it comes to Easter, we literally boil so many eggs. So I'm like, for the next like two, two-ish weeks, having constant boiled eggs. You know, are they hard boiled? Hard boiled. No, hard boiled. Like they're not, they're not, they're, there's, there's no orange in the middle. It's like yeah, grey. Yeah. I'm not like, yeah. like, boiled eggs are all right. Yeah. But when they're hard boiled, I don't know. I, I, hate, I can't stand the yellowness. <laughs> you get like, it's just a bit, I don't know. I just say, it's just how it, it's just the texture is just like if it's if it's over hard boiled then it then it starts yeah. that's tasting all dry oh gosh it's yeah. like you're like eating it's like it's not crazy yeah and it's kind of stuck sticks yeah, to the roof yeah. of your mouth oh. not like that bit yeah what about I, your drink finally Ooh. um is this where the vice comes in is it going to be something artificial no not really is it going to really. be a flavored water so so so, so um, some places they do the like um, costas. Okay. Ah, oh, do you get the canned coffees? Oh, you get actual coffee. Yeah, get the get the. Only only on only on oh, the regulars. The yeah, only yeah. on the regulars. Yeah. Oh. So um, so long as it so long as it's before midday, like midday is my cut off point for caffeine. Oh, fair enough. Um, like I'm a bit caffeine sensitive, and 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 like one of the things that got on the thing here, saying about saying about improving your sleep. 
but getting good sleep. Um, get good, nice. Get good sleep. Um, like what are the what are the things that you need to do to get good sleep? So ten hours before no caffeine, um, three hours before no food, two hours before no drink, one hour before no screens. Hmm. Like ten, three, two, one. Um, so when you when you're hitting that, then like midday is my cutoff point for for, for caffeine. Uh, if it if it's after after midday, then I probably go for like one of the innocent fruit, fruit smoothie smoothie ones. What coffee though? Uh, or black americano? Americano. Health freak. That, that's that's what that's what gives that's what me, kicks you. Yeah, yeah. That that, get, that yeah. gives me a little kick. Like um, if it's if we go to the, like the normal like drive through co- Costa, yeah. I'll get like a chai latte. If it's after, after midday. Fair. Yeah. Not, I, not, I, like, not. I like a little bit of spice. <laughs> a little bit of spice. A little bit of spice. Oh. I like that sounds alright. So. You know, this is better than the than the last meal though. Don't tell Fiona that. <laughs> She'll know. <laughs> I'm sure she's gonna listen to this whole thing. <laughs> I'm actually gonna clip this one portion out and send yeah, it to her. Just send it to her. Yeah. No, uh, why, why, why are you out at me like that? If you ever get the chance to, in Sainsbury's, they do a great sandwich. It's, uh, you know what I'm going to say, don't you? Yeah. Bacon, brie, sweet chili sandwich. Okay. It is. Uh, All right. And you, you still get your boiled eggs and your innocent smoothie as well. Oh, there we go. There we exactly. Go. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll hold you to that one. Oh, please, <laughs> yeah. please do. If if you don't like it, then it's not my fault. Well, <laughs> coming up on co- on your channel, what, Coach Cadden. Yeah. yeah. Come on, Coach Cadden, Mildew Reviews. <laughs> <laughs> Mildew Review of just Bo. Terrible sandwich choice. Dang it. Not again. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, disappointed. Disappointed. <laughs> not the first time. Ah, <laughs> uh, humour. I want to... Because the gym rules have intrigued me now. That you, that, oh, that you okay. point, they, they, okay. they caught, they caught my attention. Like, you got a lot of stuff going on with the. I've got the ball. I've got the white balls all over the place, mate. The, the like bubble writing. Yeah, that, that's a, that's my. Yeah, what? even the 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 showho pee as well. There's like writing there too and prices <laughs> like. <laughs> 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 no, but um. So how did how did these how were these rules born like? <laughs> not these rules. I mean, yeah. like this poster. Okay, so um, one 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 day, one day I was I was, te- I was teaching, and um, and the kid called me Mush. Mush. Ain't hey, Mush. Is that a northern thing? Yeah. Oh, okay. oh no, my, my mate called that. He's like, you're right, Mush. I was like, right, mush. I was like, huh? Yeah. What is this? What is, so what's Mush for context for the southern uh, ignorance? It, it's like. Well, just conceive of the word mush. What do you think mushy, bro? Like to- oh, wet toilet bad. paper. What do, what do what do you think what do you think mush means? Bro, it's, it's like wet toilet paper uh, after. Soft. Yeah, like soft, like non-formless, like just lump. But oh, but, I thought it was like a nice word, like an. But if you want, term, like, yeah, you know I mean? yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I didn't, I didn't take too kindly to it, given wow. that we we're in. A martial arts class and, and you're coaching them i'm coaching them and mm. i'm expecting levels of respect and they could turn around and call me mush i was like that sits uncomfortable with me i'm gonna i'm gonna ride on past it i'm gonna teach you what like what you what you kind of alerted me to stay on task 
this, 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 and this. This is what you need to do. Yeah, okay. I walked away. It's like, you called me mush. And I was like, ah, yeah, you sir, miss, Mr. Mrs. Coach. <laughs> like, bow, greet your teacher, be polite. Who's, Mrs. Like, Who's Mrs. Coach? What? Yeah, my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, be, being called a mush, oh gosh. Uh, that was that yeah. was that was like the main yeah. trigger for yeah. this list. But and I mean, obviously that was like COVID times. One of bugbears, yeah. Don't put shoes on on my mat. Yeah. Um, having the attitude, like coming in and and uh, I was like, like ten press ups. Oh, I can't do ten. Oh, I, can't. I was like, don't don't be a fun sponge. Yeah. Don't don't be a, don't be a negative Nelly. Yeah. Mm. Like if you if you come in, like do your very best. Yeah. If you if you come in, you've got a yes attitude. You're gonna get more out of the training. Okay. Um. Bow, the teacher. I mean, it's a martial arts gym. Yeah. So, so that's why you have no so shoes on the mat as well. Got, coming in, doing the doing the whys, doing the bows. Um. Be polite. Using using terms. No whinging. No excuses. Yeah. You like coming in. See on the on the board. Uh, on, the, on the far side. Um, yeah. Any complaint about the cold? It's 50 burpees. Any complaint about the what? Cold. Oh, good, cold. Good, good thing I'm not in class here, or else I'd be doing at least 100 right now. There we go. <laughs> I'm so, not the heat I'm entertaining guests. <laughs> no, no. I've got the heaters on. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, it's amazing. It's amazingly cool. It's already, it's already, great, already great to get down and have you on. Co coaching and learning both put in 100%. Okay. So, you've got um, the... so this came from a like a communication model that I've been reading. Um, it was like, in a coaching relationship, what, what should the balance be? And they're saying like, oh, it should be 50-50. Should be mm. It was like, well, you, if you're putting in 50% and I'm putting in 50%, it's a 25% chance that we're going to the stars are going to align in order to make that happen so that you get the best results. I don't like them odds. Like, mm. I want you to put in 100%. And I'm also going to bring 100%. Therefore, we can be the best that we can possibly be when we're functioning together. So, we should be putting in 100%. There's no I in team, so helping out your teammates. Um, yes, people are going to struggle. People are going to find yeah. it hard. That you, sooner or later, you're going to get up to your... Your, your your cardio threshold. You're gonna get up to your 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 fatigue. You're gonna start hitting it, your your fatigue levels and stuff like that. Oh, okay. If you can encourage your teammates on, happy days. Yeah. Um. That's how that's how you become cohesive as a team, as we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um. Encourage those who are struggling. Teams as strong as its weakest member. The rising tide raises all ships. If everyone gets better everyone's level increases if we if we can increase the 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 expectation level of a beginner then it's going to mean that our 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 better guys are going to get better um if if it's a race to the bottom like what's the bare minimum that people want to do in order to if if they want to train well that you're not going to get very far very quickly and then, and then it's going to be crabs in bucket as soon as you start as soon as people start, um, start, start getting better. Um, and this is what we're saying about having that positive attitude and yeah. having positive vibes. 
Um, Intense focus during a session. Yeah, not checking your phone. Yeah, like this should be like an hour, an hour to escape. Fair. An hour and a half to escape from the world. Yeah, put your put your phone down. You don't need the stress. You don't need to be checking your phone. Like, okay, granted, some people are on call. Mm-hmm. So, like, like uh, the other, the other day, one of the, one of the guys is is his, his girlfriend's pregnant. Uh, mm. So, like, okay, yeah, no problem. Yeah, yeah. She's ready to drop at any point. Uh, <laughs> it's like, okay, we'll, uh, leave your phone at the side. Yeah. Anyone else? Yeah, you don't need that extra drama. No. Mm. Yeah, and just just leave it alone for an hour. Yeah. Your mom's yeah. texting you, lunch is ready. Just sleep for an hour, mum. It's fine. It's fine. It's cool. Um, drink your water and <laughs> take your bottles home. We've got a got a box full of bottles. Over yeah, there. bucket there, yeah. one there. Yeah. Uh, At least they're trying. Yeah. Get good sleep. So the ten we'll, ten three two yeah, one. Yeah. Ten three two one. Uh, tell tell the instructor if you have an injury. Put your equipment away. And then, like I say, one inch at a time, one step at a time. The consistent pursuit will better, percent better every day, and discipline will get you there. Mm. How often has um, fourteen been an issue as a coach? Um, that actually that actually came from the time when I was I was personal training this guy for maybe. Maybe five, six weeks, mm. and I was I was getting a bit. Why isn't he putting in more effort? Like I'm 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 trying to inspire him. I'm trying to give him give him little tools and and stuff like that. It doesn't seem to be getting any stronger. What what's what's going on here? I don't I don't quite get it. Um, uh, and it was like, then it then it started to become a, a bit of a. Oh, he's he's booked in. He's booked in. All right, okay, yeah, no problem. Yeah, um, and then I, I I spoke to him. I was like, "Have you have you been doing your you you extra training?" They're like these things that I keep telling you, like, say, so. One of the things that um, he was struggling to do ten press ups, um, and he says, "Well, what what is it that you that you're not doing?" Um, so I, I suggested that, that it was maybe like every time you go upstairs, do two press ups on the bottom step. Yeah. So it's incline press ups. Yeah. A little bit less less weight should be a little bit easier. Every time you go upstairs, and then slowly but surely you're going to build up enough training volume in order to get fitter, get stronger, and you're going to be able to, like, I expect to see some some development after a month, month and a half, and and you start getting to. Like he was, he was quitting at three. I like, I was like, like if I can get him to six or seven by the end of by the end of the month, then then not, we're, we're making progress. And he wasn't doing it. I was like, okay, what what is it that we're we're not doing here? And I was like, yeah, yeah. So I had um, I had a stroke six weeks, uh, like six months ago, and I, and I'm just starting to get back fit again. And and I was like. Maybe that's something that you should have told me before before we started training. Like, you, you didn't didn't write it down on it on your pack. You you didn't you didn't you didn't you didn't you didn't tell us about this that and the other. Um, I was expecting you to say like a little sp- a sprained wrist or a shoulder or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I was like, I was like, mate, you had a stroke. That that that's like 
I wouldn't be pushing you the way that I've been pushing you if I'd have known that before. Yeah, that's but nice. it was only six months ago. It's fine. Yeah. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was, I was, I was like, oh. right, that's putting, that's putting, that's putting his life in danger, really. I know. I, I know. Mean, that's putting and you in danger and because and you're putting exactly. him in danger exactly. without even knowing. And that's why the physical activity readiness questionnaire is there before every PT session. Yeah. Yeah. So the one thing I learned at uni. So, nice. so, we, so we we address it. We address it in the rules. We've got the got the pack here, so layering it in like several times you repeating questions and then like it's now become my, my kind of go to. Like every every time you're having a you're having a PT, like is there anything I need to know? You're you're fit, you're healthy, like everything everything still I think still good. I think the way to get through to people is you gotta give them the park key three times. Right. Okay. Because obviously the questions are repeated. Yeah. If they repeat them enough times, they might get like bored. Like, fine, I'll tell you. You're like, oh, yeah. fair enough, cool. Oh, okay. Persistency is key. <laughs> just grind them down. <laughs> exactly. Just, just keep asking them the same thing. It's like, you've done it. Yeah, cool. Here you go again. It's like, no, it's, 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 it's part two. It's part two. It's yeah, part two. Yeah. Just make it's sure, like, you, make sure you read it through. It's like, why is it asking my details again? <laughs> nah, no, no details, mate. No, See, it's no, just. No, 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 no. <laughs> Oh, oh, I thought you when you said three times, like three different occasions. Like, no, <laughs> same same time. You just take the you take the you take like the detail threshold off the first page, and just just it's like here you go, mate. I need part one, two, and three done before we start yeah. doing anything. There's a yellow one. There's a pink one. There's a green one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, something that um I like to because oh, I follow your Instagram, I've seen your yeah, posts, yeah, like. Yeah. So something I'd like, I'd love to ask you about is um, your work in and around the UFC yeah. and how that came about and well what it's like. So yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I love, love, love working working with the guys there, um, and it kind of came about through um, when we first set up here. There was a was it a guy from down London um, and. He was a he was a firefighter down in London, and his missus was in the army. His 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 missus got posted up in York, and um, basically it'd do like four on four off. So he'd have like four days down in London, four four days in York. Um, That's intense. Yeah, and and uh, and then when it when he was up here, he was looking around for the jujitsu gym. Um, came down, and I was a, I was a white belt at that point. It was a purple belt. Um, and it just basically used to beat me up for two hours, um, in the, like in the middle of the day. I, I learned so much from him, like just kind of as a as a white belt back then. Um, and yeah, like from from there on in, um, I won all in the, the the medals up at the far end there um, on, on my first few jujitsu tournaments. Um, and and yeah, basically that that was a. That was the first interaction that I had. Um, he was then um, working for uh, an, uh, an MMA um, promotion called Bama. Like the old, the old, remember Bama? It's like Alabama, but without the, it's like Alabama. So, like the Alabama. <laughs> That's what it so, so the British Association of Mixed Martial Arts. Okay. Uh, so that that was a that was so a, that was a promotion. That, I thought there was no governing body for the mixed martial arts. Um, well, there's there's now. Um, Emma, so okay. Eng English Mixed Martial Arts Association, uh, and um, yeah, so ba basically we, we do the 
he invited me to go along, be part of the commission team uh, at Bama. Um, and then I've I've been working with the with the commission teams throughout all these different um, mixed martial arts associations, um, with um, Bama, Bellator. Um, used to go out to Russia pretty pretty often, working with um, ACB, and then moved to, changed to ACA when they when they got changing the name, went through a rebranding, um, and yeah. Um, got got invited to to do um, to work on the on the UFC um, and do the commission with all UFC Europe now. So all all European European gigs and all the all the ones on the on the outskirts um, out to like the the Middle East, Abu Dhabi and, mm. and and stuff like that as well. So for a bit of context, what is commissioning? What 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 does the commission so, do? So so commission commission is. Um, it's basically like a fight of police. Um, you're, you're, you're policing and, and, and watching the fighters, make sure that they're wearing all the equipment that they're supposed to be wearing, um, wear, a, wear a safety, um, wear another layer of safety so that we sign the, sign the wraps off and make sure that they, because they've got independent hand wrappers and some fighters like to have their, their own coach wrap their hands and, and stuff like that. So we need to make sure that those are, those are done correctly um and then we, we we're also a, a liaison with the live tv um so where the fighters are where they're supposed to be when they're supposed to be there which makes the live tv production run smoothly um we're also a, a safety check when they're when they're in the ring um and they're in the in the cage um and making sure that they they the the cage is is left in a in a in a ready state um and then when we when we're escorting the fighters out um we'll take them through for medicals and drug testing and and um and, and their, their their exit mm. protocol so you're, you're looking after their well-being essentially yeah 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 so so it's kind of fight fight Part, police partly. yeah so 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 policing the, the the safety aspect um working with the live tv production um, and then making sure that they're the fighter safety and, and looking after their well-being afterwards as well. Interesting. And so, so it's a it's a it's a full kind of um, oh. full full service all all the way through from when they're entering the arena till when they're leaving. How long how long have you been doing that for? Um, I know you've been to like quite a few events. Yeah, so I think it's probably eight eight years now. Seven, seven, eight years, seven, eight years. I've been doing, been doing that now. Um, I got to do the Fight Island um, through COVID and, and stuff like that. Oh, so, wow. so I had like three, three long stays out, out in, uh, out in Abu Dhabi. Um, so I had like five weeks, four weeks, and three weeks out there. Um, what was that experience like? Um, being down was, there for so long. It was, it was awesome. Um, like they, they could have kind of taken us out and. and and let us come back in and and stuff like that, but like cost effective wise and and um, with the with the safety protocols that they were that were they were layering in, um, so the the whole of Yaz Island was isolated. Um, they had police escorts like to and from the airport, and we were, was in a, a sealed kind of clinical environment. Um, we was getting we was getting tested at, uh, every other day. 
um, which was intense. Um, uh, and then, yeah, we was, was, do, was doing these. Um, so for the, I think there was, there was maybe three or four of the fight nights and then there was three numbered UFCs when we when we was out there. Wow, yeah, I remember those a lot, man. One down in that part of the world. So, um, another thing that I'm interested in knowing is, what's it? I mean, I, I don't know how much you interact with the actual athletes, but maybe probably not. I don't know. It depends. On, but what's it like just being around that kind of elite level of um. Like, do you see something different in how they're switched on or um, how they how they? Yeah, behave? I mean, I mean, I mean, following through from my my own background and getting to the the elite level in in, in Muay Thai, you start seeing the um, sports science protocols. Um, you start seeing how people are approaching things in a maybe slightly different way. Um, you start seeing their, their their levels of professionalism and communication styles um, like we, we we work at an elite level anyway mm. um, I try and bring as much professionalism into into the gym as as I can um, hence having rules hence having protocols hence having um, an understanding of levels of expectation that the fighters should be doing outside the gym as well as inside the gym. Um, so it's a it's a that true fighter lifestyle. So um, a lot of the time it's just kind of qualification to what I'm doing and that I'm on the right track for breeding high level. Um, martial artists and um, so we're talking about like because this is like I don't want to say anything without I don't want to say anything that sounds stupid or ignorant like it's like, okay. It's, it's okay. It's your podcast. You can do whatever you want, mate. It's fine. No, no, no. Like, there's, there's no, there's no silly questions. Like, no, 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 like it's probably, it's probably something that people want to know anyway. I kind of well, firstly, it's like. Muay Thai itself has a, there's a couple things because talking to a couple Muay Thai people in um, a few years back um, there was some like, like in terms of like governing body and how it's yeah. run and yeah. those kind of issues and well then there's like the professionalism is in Thailand but then so there's that side yeah but then there's also is Muay Thai kind of practiced in MMA in the UFC are there people that use it or is it less used or like that because like I remember like this is like I don't know I read YouTube comments and stuff yeah. like that and you yeah. know you get you pick up a little notion I try not to get too much unconscious bias or too much yeah like but is is that a thing where it's not used in the UFC as much or is it or yeah like, yeah I mean, I mean there's there's a lot of um there's a well there's a lot. Generally, the, the the striking within mixed martial arts is Muay Thai. Okay. Um, 
yes, there's a heavy boxing bias. However, given that they can they can kick knee, elbow, and and, and everything else, then it just makes sense that that would be the preferred form of striking. Um, if I had to make an a, a, an assessment, um, then I would say it's probably twenty percent striking, twenty uh, percent Muay Thai, um, probably sixty percent wrestling, and then twenty percent Jiu Jitsu. A whole hundred and twenty percent right there. Well, so so yeah, twenty twenty percent for your Muay Thai. Yeah. Twenty percent wrestling. Yeah. Twenty percent Jiu Jitsu. Oh, fair how, how does um how does um because Muay Thai is a striking sport. Yeah. How yeah. does Muay Thai differentiate from? I know, like, I mean, people that know fighting and know things like yeah. this are probably yeah. looking like, what is this? But, like, okay. <laughs> like, how, like, how is Muay Thai striking different from just striking and, like, the, the general boxing style? I know it's completely different styles in this case, but uh, why are those two, two separate things and how you're breaking down what you're so, telling me? Yeah, so it, it, it comes down to the rule set of what, you're, what you are and aren't allowed to do. Okay. Um, so in um, boxing... Because it, it's just your hands, you can change your 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 stance. Um, you can have a slightly wider stance. You don't need your legs to be agile. You can have a little bit more of a bladed stance. Um, in in kickboxing, um, you can you can kick um, you can kick and punch, but there's no knees or elbows, so there's nothing at that kind of middle range distance. Um, some kickboxing associations don't allow kick to the legs. So, again, they can, you can get away with having a more kind of bladed sideways on stance and, and be lifting your, lifting your lead leg out as a, as a defensive mechanism. Um, because there's eight limbs to use, the, the art of eight limbs in, in Muay Thai, you can punch, kick, knee and elbow. You can kick to the legs. There is an element of grappling um, where you're looking to essentially kind of get hold of the, get hold of the head, get hold of the, around the body, and lift knees and elbow when you're, when you're clinching, um, which is a real nice kind of transition point um, to take it from the 20% strike, 20% Muay Thai, um, into the 60% wrestling, where there's a heavier, um, heavier bias towards kind of takedowns, and that's what... That's where there's um, probably a, a, a scoring bias towards um, towards towards wrestling, um, but then if you do end up on your back, um, it's not the end of the match because um, they they could also be ground and pound and stuff like that as well. Um, so the guy underneath um, he can use kind of Brazilian jiu-jitsu and 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 playing a, a guard game. To, to, to manage distance and using using his feet and using like a, a close guard to, to, to pull someone in and, and, and keep himself safe. Um, so there's the, uh, a little bit of a kind of MMA breakdown uh, of how these kind of things kind of work together. I feel like this whole episode has been a lot to take in actually. It's been just non-stop constant like feed like feed dripping me information for the whole thing. I've lost yeah. it, I loved it. I, I wish we had like several more hours to like sit down, but you're a busy man. 
we have to go back to London. So I want to <laughs> yeah. finish yeah. off this one with one question. If you could do d- this life you've had yeah. with martial arts, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to go into like your belief systems, if you could be born, no, no. If you could do this, would you do it all again or would you do it differently? I I don't live with regrets, so I would I would I would still do it the same. Mm. However, given the how this the sport of mixed martial arts has grown, I may have taken a, a different path if if that um, opportunity was presented to me earlier. However, because I grew grew with the opportunity to fight under. Uh, under Muay Thai and, and, and get out to Thailand and, and make all my friends o- over in Thailand and, and have have those those opportunities to, to experience that part of the world as well. Um, it was absolutely fantastic uh, and I'd never never change that. So so yeah, I, I just I, my my hand has been dealt and I would play that hand again. So that means he he would do this podcast again. You've heard it from us here, folks. <laughs> Rich, uh, thank you very much for being Absolute, on the podcast. Absolute pleasure. It's been, it's been a very insightful and very interesting talk. And I think what I've enjoyed most about this is like seeing your body language and your enthusiasm when you're talking about Muay Thai and martial arts and, and different things because you're, 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 you're showing how passionate you are about it. And that's like what's made it really good to listen to and to you Thank when you. we're speaking. Thank you. Not just the athlete, but also the coach. And by far, the fact that you thought about what drink you want in the meal deal, not just, you know, it's going to be a Diet Coke or like water. <laughs> now you're like, if it's pre-12, it's a black Americano. If it's post-12, it's... <laughs> yeah, there we go. There we it's go. consideration. It's your moment. Sweet. I got a fun fact. I love, I love my fun fact moments. Okay, uh, Fun, fun fact. We are in York. I actually, no, I wasn't ready for this. He, he he's been slagging me off the last few times. Uh, I, I, give me like, give me like one second to think about it. Uh, 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 thank you very much for listening to the podcast thank or watching guys. it. Big thank you to Rich Cadden. Thank you. Um, you want to link your socials and things like that. Yeah, so if you want to have a, have a look out for us on Instagram, my my handle's Rich Cadden. Um, the the gym is chockd.gym. Um, and then we're also on, on Facebook and Twitter and... Oh, X. X. There we go. Um, get with it, man. Get with it. <laughs> I've, been, I've, been, I've been saying this same thing for... And I, I refuse to call it. I refuse to call it X. 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 Be careful. We'll get cancelled, mate. We'll get cancelled. Won't be able to. Allow, they won't allow a list. I love X. I love X. Sweet. So uh, like, subscribe, follow. Our links will be down below too. Uh, and sweet. Thank you very much. Big love, people. See you in the next one. Thank you very much, guys. Capcom Cap. Sorry, Cap. I'll put the subtitles on that down below, no worries. <laughs>